Hello, world, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Rough Draft Podcast Show. We've got a fun episode for you today, featuring a discussion between our newest co-host, Suala Ida Satima, the print editor of the York Review. How's the semester treating you so far? Great semester. Really? Yeah. Be happier. Yeah, ready to try and impress all of your rhetoric professors today? Definitely shout out to Dr. Carsey. Yeah, she's, she's the best. Also with us to join the discussion is Austin Wolf, our publisher. You're a busy man. Thanks for joining. I couldn't stay away. Yeah, are you ready to cut us down with your intellect? I mean, it's what I live for. <laughs> We're a fun group to talk with. We've got much to cover today. A fiery discussion followed by uh, our next community One, spotlight two, three, featuring Vicente Martin. He's a business major here at York College, but he's also a polymath of the art world. So stick around for all that jazz. Here we go. With our recent community involvement, Austin and I were out there covering the It's On Us documentary showing and discussion board out at Strand Capital Theater in York. Uh, they showed The Hunting Ground, which is a documentary on sexual assault uh, and just sort of the culture of it in institutions across America. And the discussion board afterwards was very informative. It was nice to see your college students uh, and administrative, uh, administration out there representing their choice you know, to make a stand against sexual assault and the culture that propagates it. Uh, Austin, I, I know you're trying to write something on it. Uh, do you have anything uh, great to say about it? Yeah, so the biggest message of the night was getting involved and the best way to do that is to check out the It's On Us PA campaign and their main um, kind of mission or goal to increase awareness, education, and resources to combat sexual assaults. One way you can contribute towards that is by taking the pledge to recognize that non-consensual sex is sexual assault to identify situations in which sexual assault may occur, to intervene in situations where consent has not or cannot be given, and most importantly, to create an environment in which sexual assault is unacceptable and survivors are supported. That's a very impactful organization. so avidly prepared for up until now. Um, most recently, the Nobel Prize of Literature was awarded to Bob Dylan, a folk singer. We have all probably heard his name. And I think the question that has uh, really just come up uh, is whether or not he is deserving of receiving the Nobel Prize in Literature. Um, there's many facets to this question, but I'll start off with that. Um, either of our co-hosts here, do you believe that uh, Bob Dylan deserved to win the Nobel Prize in Literature? Yeah, I think he completely deserved it. I have many reasons behind that, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but I think not only did he deserve it, but him winning was one of the most important things that has happened in the literary community in the past several years. 
mm-hmm. for the fact that um, it has sparked this discussion of what literature should look like in 2016 and what the criteria should be for determining in literature from other forms of expression. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but uh, in a way, don't you think they're maybe missing an opportunity you know, to award a new writer or somebody who could, you know, promote literacy in upcoming generations? Just someone who's like maybe like a traditional novelist? I would say yes, even though I do agree with Austin in regards to uh, Bob Dylan being deserving of the award because it's like, like me and many others, like personally, I am an aspiring writer Mm -hmm. And as an aspiring writer, I want to be a descendant of the greats. I want to be a descendant of uh, Sylvia Plath, uh, Mm -hmm. Charles Bukowski, uh, J.D. Salinger. I want to be a descendant of that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, with this award being given to a musical artist as opposed to a writer, it just makes me question, like, is there even a purpose for me writing anymore? Like, yeah. what, like where where do I go from here? So right. I mean, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Bob Dylan is, is good. Uh, he's a great songwriter and I think uh, even a storyteller. But like, as far as just like the, the form, it's just not on the same tier as, as people such as Toni Morrison or, or Faulkner or, you know, any of those uh, past prize winners. Well, what do you mean by form exactly? Well, I think, well, in terms of literature and appreciating the value uh, in the quality of the form, it's just like maybe stylistically um, that there are sort of just elements uh, that are put into the creation of the work, uh, such as just like characterization, uh, plot development, things like that, um, that are maybe uh, just looked over, you know, in, in declaring Bob Dylan as the winner. Not to like minimize the importance of those things because they mm-hmm. are very important, um, but they're more on the technical side of things. Mm-hmm. In the same way that like, there's a certain language expectation to literary works mm-hmm. that is more academic, higher society type expression. Yeah, and as the same with like grammatical mastery, and right. all of these things can be beneficial and important but they should not um, be criteria for ter- determining literature or not. Right. Um, in that case, I think literature would then be subjugating just many of the things that it, it says it appreciates. Exactly. So yeah, if you look past form as the only criteria, you can look to what has been considered literature in the past, you know, the literary canon. Right, yeah, I guess if we're looking at it as quality of form, that does sort of require a point of comparison. Um, and I'm not really one to sort of cherish the canon all the time. Um, I think in terms of just uh, expression, it's not really the best thing to uh, you know, avert your attention to. I mean, there, there are newer things out there uh, that are just taking over contemporary literature. Uh, success isn't necessarily based on the things that you're taught in academics. Um, and that shouldn't really even be the filter for, for greatness, you know. Um, we take literature classes here, um, and we seem to learn a lot about just the analysis of it, but it seems so beyond that in, in when you're creating it. Um, yeah, and the analysis of literature 
and the creation of the work are two completely different things. Yeah. And even if you go back and look through the canon, it's full of different works and different levels right. of, you know, mm-hmm. grammatical mastery, right. academics, traditional plot structure. But the one thing all those works have in common is that they, um, in a unique and meaningful way, kind of capture the human experience through storytelling. And I think I think Bob Dylan definitely was. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like utilizing. He was like uh, instrumental. That's the word. I think Bob Dylan was especially instrumental in uncovering just new forms of, of characterization and, you know, and plot development with the songs that he wrote. Um, I guess maybe literature is placing itself in a box to not see uh, all of the, the, the breadth of his work as a, you know, a considerable you know, work of literature altogether. Uh, yeah, no doubt, and I think that has been intentional throughout history, mm-hmm. but I think that mode or that perception of literature has run its course and it's no longer um, conductive to finding the greatest ways to express mm-hmm. and create meaningful art. Right. Um, it's, very, it's very limiting and exclusionary. Exactly. I think it's funny that it's 
like, there's this funny comparison, like, old white male canon, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Why? Why? What is that? What is that? Something to refer to? I don't know. It's just it's the worst. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, um, if there's any of these so-called literary minds that can't see that Bob Dylan is calling social injustices in the questions, presenting love it's and all of its complexities. Yeah. You know, he's striving for more than commercial appeal. Oh, so much more. Um, and if work like that, if they don't think it deserves to label literature, then like, right. fuck that label. Yeah, no, like, what, 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 what do they need to include then? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's, that's why, yeah, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, they're not, they claim these things, but they, right. what they really want is... I'm mimicking of yeah. the canonized literature they like to uh, read yeah. as old white men. So I just say fare thee well. I ain't a saint. You treated me unkind. You could have done better, but I don't mind. You just kind of wasted me. As we were talking about earlier, you know, literature is moving in a direction don't where it's valuing quality of expression as opposed to, you know, quality of, you know, these things of form, these elements of form that um, have long been sort of canonized. And I, I think the stuff we're talking about is also pretty important in terms of just, uh, you know, us as students uh, in literature departments and in like writing departments, uh, it's good to keep in mind that uh, when you're creating something, you know, you're going to creative writing class, uh, you're going to be writing from your experiences. And that's yeah, what's going to yeah. shape the best stuff. Yeah, you could um, apply the greatest metaphors mm -hmm. and structure your sentences very scientifically. Right. Um, punctuate it perfectly. Do all of those kind of conventions. And without that personal experience, like you said, or without mm -hmm. actual authentic desire that you want to express, mm -hmm. um, it's gonna read hollow and right. Um, I don't know why that is, but mm -hmm. and that's what I think Bob Dylan was also you know, revered for that he was able to take those many, as many voices uh, and and make them heard and make them authentic. Uh, you know, he took those experiences and, and put them into his work. I think similarly, the York Review sort of has, you know, that kind of vision that we're trying to uh, develop relationships with adjacent communities that have similar goals, uh, that have similar motivations, uh, and that, you know, create things. Um, the literature world, you know, should be doing the same thing. Um, 
maybe it doesn't need to go to the length of, you know, awarding a musician with the Nobel Prize for Literature, but, but like, I think it is important to recognize that these uh, forms of expression are, you know, vital. Um, you know, definitely just at least music and the performing arts um, should be included. I uh, totally agree because with academia being kind of the judge of what's considered literature and what's not literature, mm -hmm. you can honestly say that music, like the lyrical content of music could be considered literature if it includes right. like all of the uh, all of the elements such as plot and characterization and settings and such and a lot of Bob Dylan songs do include those mm -hmm. and also it's like when you look at the classroom like it's not just reading textbooks anymore right. like we've moved on to become more uh, into multimedia and become more multimodal and we're incorporating right. like videos and such in our uh, in our uh, classrooms mm -hmm. and with that I do believe that uh, like this decision to have Bob Dylan be granted this award is a step in the right direction because mm -hmm. we are mo moving towards like multimedia and everything right. becoming integrated. Right, it's sort of a holistic feel. Yeah. But one small step for man. Yeah. One I giant mean, leap for <laughs> podcast kind. I don't know. I think maybe for us, like maybe in ours and it's like it might be a step backwards. Because it's like what like what in a podcast can be categorized as literature right um and all of it all yeah. of it we're constructing narratives here entirely like capturing the thoughts right if someone, of if someone could just see through the scripted bullshit they would they would hear the the anxiety in our voices and they would understand that right now it is is much past 12 o'clock at night but no we are, we are the Rough Draft Podcast Show. We do things how we believe. Where I'm bound, I can't tell. Goodbye's too good a word. So I just say, fare thee well. I say. Oh, jeez. I feel like I, we... We got a little out of hand here. Do we sound like, like snobs yet? <laughs> do we do we get A's in all of our rhetoric classes yet? <laughs> Definitely congratulating uh, ourselves. Anyways. But yeah, why are we talking about Bob Dylan? This oh, has been, I yeah. think, I think this has been a great discussion. It's that point where, if we had drinks in our hand, we would have been talking about something way off the charts. So, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close it at that. I think that was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you for uh, yeah, bantering with me about this topic. Um, there's a lot of public debate about this. Uh, and I think we came to some conclusions about literature and the art world altogether. I think the York Review uh, is mimicking a movement that the literature world is also trying to uh, do here, you know, toward expanding, uh, developing new relationships with with the work that they do, with the people that they 
include um, in in their broad perspective. Uh, it's it's I think important for us to talk about these things. I've probably said Definitely. that many a times. Uh, just staying active. Um, as artists, we're just like sitting here. Hey everybody, we're here with our community spotlight artist, Vicente Martin. Uh, well, let's get started. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, I understand you're part of, I guess, a lot of artistic communities out there. You follow a lot of different pursuits. Um, you're a hip-hop artist, a painter, uh, I would say a B-list Instagram celebrity. Uh, so your photography is definitely impressive. And you're essentially a polymath of the art world without even being an art major. You're really cultivating an image for yourself. I mean, just tell us, tell us about all these things. All these things. Yeah, we can begin anywhere. I think hip-hop is probably what uh, represents you the best. Yeah, uh, I grew up listening to hip-hop, so my parents would play it all the time in my house, and uh, they didn't really have a filter for anything, so mm -hmm. it was just always cussing and all this stuff. And right. I thought it was cool growing up like that, mm -hmm. and um, I respected being able to listen to those things, so I didn't really use those words a lot, and I had a different like outlook on the culture of it, so... Right. Listening to that kind of just brought me up a different way, and I've always respected it. I've tried to get into other music, mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel right. Even though it's good, it just doesn't feel right. Right. Like hip hop. What do you think is the difference between the two there, uh, primarily? I mean, there's a, definitely a similarity with right. both of them being the fact that it's a rap-based, like, I wouldn't say rap, but more of the over-the-beat type of culture where mm -hmm. everyone's just kind of over this beat and it's not the authentic instrument you're using. Right. But with hip-hop, it seems to have more of a culture. I see. It's always had a culture, uh, whether it be underground or mainstream. Right. And I feel like with the rap culture, it, it kind of not only consumes the listeners, mm -hmm. but it doesn't give them the right message. I see. Where it you, never has. Where do you think that hip-hop culture derives from uh, that makes it sort of different? Uh, I mean, personally, mm -hmm. I don't really know the answer, but like right. I personally think that it's from like just the soul and feeling mm. kind of in this urban trap of right. just like feeling like you're not being heard. Mm -hmm. And does rap sort of represent a different sort of side of that? I think it represents the side of uh, what these, well, whoever started it, I feel like, kind of started this whole culture of what can I have and what can I have the most? Right. And what seems cool. Mm -hmm. So it's not really about reflection it's more of about just like 
being the obnoxious figure that I you see. can be. Yeah, so I feel like maybe it's sort of turned to a commercial. Yeah. Tell me, do you really see me out of eye? Wondering why I can't be myself, why I can't see but help everyone else around me. No trophy on that shelf. Emotions ain't hidden, no stealth. Smell of linens, I'm in my own cell block, like a prison. Death answers my cause but never listens. And a lot of artists, I think, start from that, maybe that uh, underdog position. No, you know, I think every artist does. Yeah, and that's what it, I think gives them the space to establish like exactly who they are, and they're not—they don't have a lot of outside influences that are exactly. pressuring them in certain ways. And I think you do that especially uh, through social media. Um, on Instagram, you seem to have acquired a lot of followers, and you just—the pictures you post uh, are definitely capturing just sort of the sort of culture that you've dived into here at York. Um, tell me a little bit about that. So the whole thing is, uh, I see people post, or at least I don't mean to sound anywhere close to like against right. feminists or whatever, but it just seems to be that like the women can post these pictures of themselves half naked and instantly get these men to constantly like that. And they're not only famous from it and not mm -hmm. that it matters and not that Instagram fame matters, but right. they're getting paid and they're getting these sponsorships. Mm -hmm. And I, I realized that it's just a formula of giving people what they want every day. It's not really about the girl or whatever, even though guys do like that. I see. So I um, <clears throat> kind of started to dive deeper in Instagram and realize that there's a culture for people like me. Right. So what I'm doing is I'm capitalizing on this and giving them what they need mm -hmm. and um, or what they want. Mm -hmm. So it's just about investing your time and then finding what people want to be invested in. And it's, it's kind of like a sense of power, mm -hmm. but it's... Feel I feel like, like I'm sending a good message. I'm right, not sending a You're bad representing message. a community um, exactly. of people that I think, you know, would have come together had they, I mean, had they felt like they were in that community. Yeah, like I want my followers to be like someone that I would be friends with. Mm -hmm. So I want to keep it real personal. And um, I stopped posting music on there just because I felt like it wasn't mm, that platform. Attracting. Yeah, right, it's right. not that platform for that. I think the... You could have a totally separate page. Exactly. I keep my Instagram completely to me and the things I do and work around so, mm -hmm. it's so interesting. and you're a business major yes um, do you feel like the things you are learning uh, in regards to that affect your mentality and the way you I guess approach the way you portray your image uh, completely yeah I think that it subconsciously does because mm -hmm. uh, I I take a lot of marketing classes and a lot of um, not only management classes, but just classes that kind of develop leadership skills. Mm -hmm. And not only does being or having these leadership skills allow you to make conscious and ethical decisions, I feel like, with what you post and what you say, right. um, but the marketing skill of it is that I know what people want at a certain time of the day, I what people it. want to hear, right. well, the people that I believe are conscious enough to be hearing these things. So mm -hmm. it's just a play on... Um, Knowing the system, that's it. So yeah, that's definitely definitely the case. Yeah, I feel like um, people need some sort of business mm -hmm. aspect in their lives. Right, just sort of an individualism. Yeah. To drive yourself as an artist. Exactly. You matters most. You put it on the back burner, sick of taking notice from a coach. Quit the team, flip the scene, keep the green, spend the cream on my shit. Insights to help the world, money ain't shit, but need it for the dream. Check the bigger picture, mix a liquor with my kinfolk, mix the blunt up, leave it to Kurt, cause you know we roll the pearls up. Do you think you have, do you have any advice maybe for people who are trying to establish that image, maybe, maybe on social media or maybe just overall? 
what image? Like the image of just having of a... of I guess uh, in terms of just uh, like an artistic artistic evaluation of yourself. Just the free flow of expression. Right. Yeah. The expression. Exactly. <clears throat> um, I've noticed that as much as I do care now, it's more about finding that kind of person in you mm. and just right. kind of consuming yourself. What I do a lot. So the act of discovery. Yeah. Is I relate. Or I try to relate with past events in my life mm -hmm. where I've been consumed by something. So whether it be art, mm -hmm. music, or family, or anything, it's mm -hmm. just something I try to make relevant every day in my life so it's right. still there. It's like a nostalgic feeling, but it's a feeling that I like having. And uh, as far as capitalizing on it, I think it's just a lot of studying your favorite people that do the same thing. Right. So, so who would you say I, you idolize in that regard? Um, for art? Especially would be Basquiat, just mentality-wise, mm -hmm. and uh, for music, weirdly enough, Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, Will Smith is definitely that person. Like as much as I do love a lot of hip hop artists and respect them, I think Will Smith has the most impact on my life. Oh yeah, definitely carries himself uh, excellently. Yeah, and he's got that whole mentality of I'll do what I enjoy. And he's going to perfect it in his own way. Right. Which is really, really key to have. Mm -hmm. Because he's done hip-hop music and people may not like it, but it's true to his style. Right. And then he does acting and these movies and then he'll do talks where he just talks about stuff that people don't want to hear from him, but he's going to say it. If this whole bottle of Jack would listen to my vision and why I felt so distant, can't you see that I'm too far low from my prime time caught up? Rust marks and all that grime. Pointless knowledge won't last. Light up, hit, spliff, you sniff the crystals. Better talk, rope around my neck. Seven lines on deck, whenever I finally see what's up next. Uh, do you say that it's consuming during the creative process, that epic? Yes, completely consuming. You're saying like the process of being in a creative mindset definitely i think it's important just like i said i snap into this world mm -hmm. and it's kind of scary sometimes because i don't get out of it when mm -hmm. i need to like right. if i'm in a family moment or if i'm oh, yeah. in a moment i tend to ignore it sometimes and oh, i don't yeah. realize I feel it, like I'm I fall so, into those yeah i'm so well. consumed in it and um especially with music that's the that's the downfall with music and doing an art is that it consumes you because you're so passionate about it mm -hmm. that sometimes you don't realize that there's people that are in your lives are moments where you should be there. Right, so. exactly. You sort of seem to tune out entirely. Yeah. Um, and it's it's almost like very pleasing to it just is. fall into that mindset. It's euphoric in your own way. Yeah. And then I have people Because like, you know you're channeling everything. I have loved this. ones that'll be like, you're emotionless. And it's not <laughs> that I'm emotionless, it's that I'm full of emotion. Right. And that like... You're overwhelmed. Yeah, it's, it's so overwhelming to yeah. do stuff that's in a creative mindset because you're uncomfortable yeah. most of the time. I think that's why, you know, you and me and everyone at the York Review, we're, we're trying to value uh, just that sort of expression because we want to put people in that, in that sort of, in that zone, you know, where you are dedicated to something and you're entirely consumed by just knowing that you're making something that's worth it. Also into painting as well. Maybe you would call it a hobby. Um, yes. I've seen a lot of your works that I, I would say, um, are definitely not the works of your typical hobbyist. Yeah. As far as painting, 
I, uh, like I said, I've always been around painting in high school, right. which was interesting because mm-hmm. I never really liked it. I didn't, it's not that I didn't like it. I didn't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I just was around it. It didn't really put you in that, in that zone. Yeah. And then my, uh, grandmother had died and mm-hmm. we were at her house and my mom's like, do you want this box? And I was like, I don't, what is in this box? And it's a bunch of paint gear. Mm-hmm. And instantly I was just like, yeah, I'll try it out. <laughs> Cause I, I felt like I, I guess at that time I was just missing something and that just happened to be the right thing. Right. So I jumped into it and just started painting right. every day, and it it was, it was weird that it was like, music gives me stress because it's hard to write, and right. painting is the opposite of that. I don't care what the it's outcome sort of is. A release. Yeah, it's just that. like everything is on that right. cram- canvas in the end. I think a lot of visual art does that. Um, it's therapeutic. Yeah. For sure, I feel like I could sit here for hours and hours. Uh, exactly. And it's and it's after you know stressing and stressing, uh, after producing you know a song mm-hmm. for hours through the night. It's just a weird sort of dichotomy there between the two art forms when we feel like we're doing the sort of same thing. Yeah, it's um, it's like, I'm really stressed about this song. I want to do something else in the same mm-hmm. realm because I'm stuck in this realm yeah. and I need to get out of it. So it's right. a good way to do that. And as far as the like marketing point of it, I feel like the people that I sell my art to, because I'm nowhere close to the artists that I have respect for in my school right. and stuff, but I feel like where they lack is that they aren't behind it. So mm-hmm. they're not passionate enough to push it. Right. And they might be passionate when they're doing it. They sort of just hold it behind them. Exactly. Look, I've, look seen what that. I can do. I've seen that here recently mm-hmm. too, is that there's great artists here. Right. I don't know. And I think that's sort of the way we turn to respect artists as well. Well, first we may be intrigued by what they do. And then we just like learn more about them. And the more you learn about them, the more you sort of identify with them and their struggles. That's definitely true. With like yeah. Basquiat, um, mm-hmm. as far as artists, like uh, Mac Miller does, mm-hmm. and it's weird because I don't, I mean, my, might not correlate with his like party music earlier. Right. But he's had a lot of other problems like drug use and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you see this and like you, you listen to it because it's good. And then you realize that like it's actually right. a similar story. And it's kind of yeah. weird. It's like someone's writing your own story and you can't yeah, say it. it. So, that makes you kind of want to go towards it, trying mm-hmm. to do it. That's so. definitely, I think, a power of music as yeah. well. I mean, that it has this weird instant connection with a lot of people. Uh, no, yeah, I definitely think it's weird because mm-hmm. you see people that fund these like big artists or played out artists, mm-hmm. and I understand it's for a good time. Right. But at the same time, I feel like I have people that like listen to sad music. Not only do they correlate with it, but I feel like when you listen to a true artist saying what they have to say, it not only is a better time for you, but I feel like if you played it at a party and people were correlating with the same exact song and had the same feelings, people would be on a deeper level. Yeah. And they would also understand that it's all right to just like listen to stuff like this. Like mm-hmm. People have blocked out the greats because it's boring. And it's not right. boring. It's no. just, I, I guess people don't want to relate anymore. It's yeah. like weird that people are scared to have feelings. Right. Like, oh, it's so played out. Yeah, and you sort of think like, I don't know, I've transformed throughout my life to like different kinds of music. Uh, when will other people sort of reach that point? I don't know, maybe it's just like a matter of just... I don't really know if it's ever going to happen. Right. That's the weird part. I yeah. feel like it's just like... And so it I, keeps the underground like... Yeah, like I mentioned, it's like conscious rap doesn't mm-hmm. have its time. It's never had its time. Right. Conscious music doesn't have its time. Right. It had its time. Conscious music had its time maybe in the 70s mm-hmm. if you count that as conscious music right. but like it's definitely a culture like the soul that, like that, the whole yeah that dominated society and that associated with that and it's even weird because like when you listen to that music like my parents sometimes listen to 70s music and mm-hmm. 80s music mm-hmm. and 
you can see it on their face that they have a certain feeling for it. Like they're right. like happy to hear the song because yeah, it exactly. brings a feeling. Right. And I feel like if I, one day I'm going to be like 30 years old and I'm going to listen to the music that's out now and I'm not going to feel anything. No, yeah. And it's weird. That's why I always think that it's important to keep these people or give them a platform at least. Mm -hmm. I want a platform. I just can't yeah. find one. So. I've realized that because I, I live in Baltimore, well, Towson area, right. and um, you you see the people that are artists there mm -hmm. and what they talk about. And Towson is more of a uh, as as far as I know, it's really really pushing with the whole art movement. Mm -hmm. But with the music aspect of it, it's constant like a crab in the bucket metaphor. It's yeah. like as soon as someone makes it, you pull them down. Right. And uh, as soon as I got here, and the more I'm here, I'm liking it more at York because. Mm -hmm it's a really open place. It's just the right. fact that you have to give these people more of a time to be comfortable with it. Yeah. And I think it's it's not about being, like every time I wanted to make music, I wanted to make it for someone I wasn't talking to, mm -hmm. just for people I hope to listen to and right. eventually get big off of it. Right. Now I'm realizing that it's more of a local thing. If I'm Definitely. comfortable where I'm at locally, then mm -hmm. I shouldn't care at all. Yeah, and, and identifying just the crowd that's, that's, where that's I'm at going right now. to come to your shows. Yeah. I've been appreciating that. I've been like here at York, and I just want to yeah. be local, mm -hmm. and I want to call this not my home, but somewhere where I'm comfortable at. So. Right, and I think it takes time to cultivate that sort of relationship yeah. with with the community, um, just through hard work too. There's there's a lot of things that you you can you can't really rely on, uh, especially just with artistic pursuits. Oh yeah, um, it's hard to I guess. Well, a lot of people say you know be. You know, if you're a fine arts major, you know you obviously do not have a very marketable you know, job field. Yeah, which is afterwards. But I think it's really not a matter of what. It's a lot of no, yeah. exactly. It's horrible. it's it has a lot more to do with just how you establish yourself within the community of people that you can identify with. It's yeah, it's putting yourself in this like situation where you have to. You're hungry. You're mm -hmm. hungry to, not for money or anything, you're right. not hungry to be like financially stable, which would be nice. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like at the same time, I would work at the same job I have for the rest of my life if right. I could do exactly what I'm doing. I'm not struggling. Yeah. I would like more money, but it's the fact that I know that if I was locally around for these people, I wouldn't mind what job I have because I'm constantly right. giving these people more of a voice. Indeed. And that's what I think that uh, York's kind of heading to especially with the whole art movement, like the parliaments, everything about that. Yeah. But um, I think we're giving more of the the city a voice, so. Yeah, I think even connecting the college uh, to the town and declaring it as yeah. a sort of college town brings a livelier culture uh, to, to the surrounding area. Um, even a lot of student uh, or alumni-operated businesses downtown oh, yeah. are, are promoting this sort of expression. And it's great to be a part of that, knowing that because you're a York College student, uh, you can go out and do these things. These doors are open for you. See, if I you hate... just go out and speak to the people that you think might have something to do with it. And I hate that I've realized this this year. Right. Like, it's my senior Same year, here. and I feel like I've never appreciated York as much as I do right now. Exactly. And I think it's because if you really do, in like the past month or so, I've been mm -hmm. really dedicated to putting myself in this city and getting 
just, I mean, not even the city, in the college. I, I do things at the college now. I right. try to at least, even, I mean, I don't really do anything, but like the events here, I try right. to be at them. I think it's a mutual sort of Yeah, really, uh, and I, I think that once this college right? is not the whole York College and Penn State York situation, once mm-hmm. it's York College in York County, right. I feel like it's going to be really, really important, and yeah. I feel like we're going to start having a culture. Here. Stick the worm through my mouth, steady, ready to be in a circus animal since before sipping animals, ripping mics and heads off the cannibal. We can sip on mine, it might be moving, but I'm gliding by the trumpets and puppets. Feel the burn while I'm bumping through the bullets of Hillary Clinton, Eastwood, Bad Woods, Vampire, cause the light is fired in my youth. I speak the truth, and am I really ready to be abused? I'm sick of the smile on my face, making friends with snakes, and not saving the money for the rope around my neck. I gotta pay for my death, like for a loose end. You say I'm perfect, how so? If I'm perfect, why do I? Exactly. I think even just with uh, the past four years in, in the humanities and with all the writing majors and lit majors, um, there's been a booming sort of writing culture uh, that I think will turn into more things because, well, writing I think is only the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we all start with a poem that can turn into a song or a work of art, anything beyond that. But at one point you just sort of think, oh, I need to put some words down on a page or I need to scribble or I need to doodle. I mean, what's interesting is that, like, even before, like, writing and everything, I kind of look at where I am, Mm -hmm. and I've noticed that I'm more comfortable when I write here than I am at home. Yeah. And it's it's really important, and um, I think it is that the fact that here, you look at it, and it looks like it may have been a factor industry, like, place at one time, Mm -hmm. but you're realizing that one, uh, our voice and our youth right now, the kids our age, and the kids younger than us, don't care for that. They no. don't care for the jobs. They don't care for that stuff. Yeah. They care for We're rebuilding. It. Exactly. I really think that if people start being more, I wouldn't say abstract and keep using that word, but like just unique in a sense mm-hmm. and just stay true to themselves, we're going to have a really interesting place in like. Oh, years. yeah. Definitely. Uh, definitely within York. I think all over the nation, even just the generation that's coming um, that, you know, totally denies all of the sort of statistical things against, you know, just following the arts and just being uh, like, totally involved in those sorts of things. Um, <clears throat> I remember reading something in like, a, a Rosenblatt book or something recently, where it's just like, it's almost as if, you know, our complete ignoring of like, just like the sort of standards that have been set by generations past is just like a complete, you know, fuck off, sort of. Yeah, just because the, we have a lot of freedom. The, yeah, to the commercial cultures that have tried to place us in boxes Oh, yeah. Send us along a conveyor belt of an educational system. I think hoping sadly, we'll be productive or make them money. I think sadly that like there's always going to be those people that follow that, mm-hmm. and it just really depends on their upbringing, I guess. Yeah, or where and from. I think it can have a lot to do with outside influence uh, being, I guess, coerced or yeah. otherwise just you know fearful of a failure, so they sort of take a standard route. Which I mean, and you know, I've even been told this many times, you know, this is a hobby, not a, not a job. And I think like, but this is the only job I want. <laughs> and See, I, so I think there's no denying that. So I'm just going to do everything I can. I'm going to establish relationships with everyone I can. That's where I'm at right now. Like, I don't mind having the job situation. And right. I know that 
this is a hobby for me, but what I'm saying is a hobby is the creative aspect of it. And mm -hmm. I know that maybe I might not ever make it, but I'm mm -hmm. expressing myself in a certain way right. that I hope that people catch on to this feeling. And I, I, I wouldn't call myself a leader because I copy a lot of people that right. I believe have influenced me. Mm -hmm. But um, I just want that feeling when I have found out about these people that I, I love the feeling of expressing myself and just being that different, mm -hmm. that I want to make sure that no matter what happens in the end of what I'm doing, as long as I keep doing it for the rest of my life, right. I want someone to hear it. Will I see my lost family members? Will I be? Will I see the man I want to be? If I'm not me, then I lost. Death ain't shit. Just worry how much it'll cost in the end. Since birth, I've been in my head. Anxiety and drugs is my death. Remember one thing, the message that I sent, the lies that I said, the life I never lived. There could be an argument about this, but I personally think that the closest thing to abstract like being an expression in itself is mm -hmm. Basquiat and mm -hmm. I don't think anyone's ever held it out that well right since then so yeah definitely uh, he was something new uh, and it was sad to see that I mean a lot of that derived from I mean his own personal struggles um, not sad to say that we should necessarily feel bad for him but that we should we should see that there are a lot of people out there that come from that sort of uh, I think space and that aren't given that sort of gift of feeling like they have a right to express themselves um, and just dedicating themselves to it. It's interesting that we sort of correlate mental health with like artistic success, um, but there are a lot of people out there suffering who don't necessarily have artistic no, success. No, no, yeah, absolutely. So, so it's bizarre that we sort of take on that correlation. But no, it's true. If mm -hmm. someone's uh, anywhere close to um, weird and different, right. it's like, why are you this weird? Is mm -hmm. there some sort of weird upbringing? Are you sick? Yeah, and there's something to blame it on. And then these people that get pushed like this, and I know this for a fact because I've had, I've known kids and mm -hmm. I, I've grown up with kids like this. Mm -hmm. These kids start going into other stuff because they don't right. feel comfortable anymore yeah. in the world they live in. And they start pushing the drugs and stuff. Right. And they shut it up. makes them they feel good. They shut out the world around Yeah, them. and it sucks that it happens, but right. people... It's, it sucks that like these industries are just constantly pushing this garbage. Right. And we have to... We have and it to makes us feel like we're not good enough. Exactly. Completely. And it's the same thing with... Um, I hate to relate it to this, but it's the same thing with like women and body image. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact thing. Right. We constantly have... And, in any aspect of an industry, right. whether it be the like women's lingerie or whatever, mm -hmm. men's, we have to have this like public figure that just makes mm -hmm. everyone feel like they are not that right. person. A constant point of comparison that's impossible to keep up with. Exactly. Yeah, and it's I think devastating. It um, is to to like like as artistic communities that try to represent themselves because they get mocked for you know sort of fresh ideas. Um, things like that and it's just there's so much out there it's such a wide spectrum as opposed to you know sort of commercial art commercialism and that like that just can be viewed you know in plain sight but the artistic community spans that uh, I think universally it's it's a lot uh, to consider as we yeah I mean I don't it's like with this whole abstract or like this I guess image of the artist mm -hmm. situation it's weird that I'm even in this position to talk about it because mm -hmm. I feel that if, I mean, I feel as if I'm not even an artist sometimes just because I, I feel like this is me. Yeah. Like, it's just what I'm doing. Like, I just right. wake up and I just want to be doing something that's yeah. not the typical. And it's yeah. weird to be in this position, but 
I hope that someone understands that right. you can wake up and not want to just do what everyone's doing. It's mm-hmm. cool to do that. Like, yeah. sometimes I'll just zone out, mm-hmm. and I, I may not want to talk to somebody that yeah. I, like, love, but mm-hmm. it's because I'm so focused on something that I love to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a mutual feeling. I think people understand that sometimes Definitely. when I'm, like, distant. Mm-hmm. But um, at the end of the day, I just got to, like, tell people that if you're not doing something besides mm-hmm. just trying to do what everyone else is doing every day, right. you're going to end up working a nine-to-five, yeah. and you're not going to love anything. Nope. And that's, like, what it comes down to. Every time Indeed. I think about school, all I think about is a nine-to-five and me hating somebody. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I think right now, the whole, like, the people you love around you, mm-hmm. they might feel distant. And sometimes I might not talk to my mom, my brother, or anyone right. for like a certain time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like once stuff does come around, they're gonna understand what I've been doing and the message yeah, I've been exactly. trying to push. So yeah. I, I think the same thing. It's all in good faith, right? With with the people that support support me throughout, uh, you know, my career with with writing and with art and music and all of those things. Um, you know, I do push push away a lot of responsibilities too, um, for the sake of. You know, just this weird creative drive that seemingly doesn't have a product. Uh, I like it. I don't know. There, there's a product, of course, but like, would I, would I question what I gain from it constantly? Um, but still, nonetheless, we're sitting around a microphone talking about it because we feel the need to share this with other people because we know other people feel the same. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, it feels good. I think to do this sort of representation altogether. We would like to thank Vicente Martin for coming on board with us. I'm just another option, I'm just another lost time. Big bumping me while smoking chronic with a poster on my face. Date of the birth and my death day. Wishing rappers these days would sound like me. Take two on deja vu, you're seeing me twice because you know I'm the truth. Casey, just a, another brother from the blood of my breed. You'd be lying to yourself if you said we weren't that shit. And that's that. A lot of crazy discussions today. I know we may have been a little bit all over the place, but uh, I think we also spitballed a lot of great ideas. Thanks for joining us, Swallow. Uh, well, I'm really excited, you know, to see where this takes us, uh, both well, with the York Review and individually as artists. What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited too. There's a lot of great people in the community that we could collaborate with, and yeah, definitely. I think it definitely will shape us. Uh, in terms of you know being a literary magazine and just being a platform for artists to jump onto, yeah, so keep an eye out. So keep an eye out for all the online content that we're pushing. You know, like us and follow us on all our social media. Our crew for social media works very hard at that. So you know, the appreciation uh, definitely motivates us. Thanks everyone. Tune in for the next episode where we will have another community spotlight artist as well as another fiery discussion with our next co-host. What's your name?